1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is, of course, sponsored by Tick Pick, which should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money and never charge any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Striking Gold podcast and the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks and my friends at the B-Dub. And happy belated Thanksgiving to you all. I am coming at you on Friday morning/ slash afternoon uh, shortly before Kyle Shanahan typically does his press conference with the media. I am sitting here in a house that my significant other's family has rented out right on the beach of Oxnard, California. So I am sitting here recording uh, with the mic and mic and my computer in front of me, staring out the window at the beach watching part of the family play a little football on the sand so uh it's good times and good vibes over here I'm, I'm really really having a good time we're going to be here till Sunday so I am going to enjoy it but the scenery the environment would not stop me from bringing you guys another podcast before the 49ers matchup against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday uh, I had to get on here I had to get on here I didn't want to just uh you know, roll on up to game day without an episode of Strike and Gold hitting the airwaves. I don't know if this is going to be published uh, later Friday or Saturday morning, which is not usual for us, but I mean, hey, it's Thanksgiving week. I didn't want to jump on and record on Thursday for it to be published Friday, so I had to push it off until today for the sake of the old family day. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. If you do celebrate it, uh, we had an excellent one. All you know, Everything you'd expect. The great food. No, I did not take a picture of the food and post it on Twitter just to be ethered by the populace. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you guys, if you're on Twitter, you all saw it. I mean, every single picture that got posted of, of food had something wrong with it, according to somebody. And the comments were hilarious. The takes were the worst. I cannot stand food takes and people that think they have crazy opinions about food it just bugs the hell out of me like the ham's greater than turkey turkey's greater than ham stuffing get it off my plate you know like it's just so old <laughs> it's too so stupid but anyway so i'm i'm gonna contain myself i'm not going to fire away any food takes to you guys on the pod uh, we're gonna keep this environment sacred because we never go off topic on striking gold ever. It's always just 49ers every episode. And uh, and you guys know how it is. We we just never wander off topic ever. So why would I do that now? The day after Thanksgiving. But like I said, I hope you all enjoyed the holiday. We I did. Still enjoying it. Probably right after I get done recording the pod I'm gonna go out uh kick off the shoes and head out onto the beach and and throw the football around. We've been we've had some pretty epic football games since we've been here. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, I've got a pretty good completion percentage, I must say. I must say we're doing pretty well for uh, for high wind environment, that's for sure. But all right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, probably going to be a relatively short pod today because I am just rolling the dice by tucking myself off into one of the rooms. There's about we're we're in a house that. Just has a ton of rooms and a ton of beds. There's about 20 of us here, and, and about half of them are kids under the age of like eight. So I'm really rolling the dice, just tucking myself off in a room. Home, hopefully uh, the gang doesn't come bursting in the door, or or it's two story too. So hopefully they don't discover something fun to do right above me on the second story because that's all you're gonna hear. So if you do hear any crazy noises in the background, I'm sorry. That's just the uh, that's just the homies doing their thing. Um, I will start it off with just a little bit of a 49ers injury update. I'm actually, if you hear a zipper, I am taking off my hoodie because it is warm in this room. Um, Like I said, I'm sitting right next to the window, sun shining in, so a little warm, took off the hoodie. Uh, The 49ers are getting healthy at the perfect time. Um, They haven't really struggled with injuries as much as they have in the past. Uh, this year, we know well and good how how much the 49ers and, and the, how much of their success in the past year or two has been impacted by the fact that they just seem, seem to have horrible injury luck. Well, knock on wood, I'm actually recording on a wood table, so there you go. Um, things, have stayed, uh, things have stayed relatively healthy for the 49ers right now, and the team is in a really, really good place. Um, right where they need to be, given kind of the, the stake of things and what's at stake, I guess is a better way of saying it, for the 49ers in the playoffs. They've got a good slate of health in front of them. And um, that's, I mean, we've seen it time and time again. We've seen it completely derail a 49er season. We've also seen it with other teams that have had success, health and players getting healthy and being healthy at the last little half, back half of the season, the back third it's just such a crucial element to finding success. And the 49ers are in a good spot. Right now, uh, backup running back Jamichael Hastings, is the only non-participant in practice. The only person not not participating. Doesn't seem likely that he will be suiting up for uh, the Vikings game on Sunday. Uh, defensive lineman Maurice Hurst returned to practice this week. Um, he's been out since week seven with a calf injury. so And, and that's kind of an... an I wouldn't say an underrated development. I don't know if it's being rated. Uh, people aren't really talking about it, but he is a great rotational player along that interior of the defensive line, and getting him back just makes that unit a little stronger, uh, a little more reinforced. Reinforced that can, you know, it just gives them more waves to send out. Whether that's at an individual player, an individual position, or just as part of a group, uh, getting him back's a big deal. So there, he's getting healthy. I'm not exactly sure what to expect. Um like I said I am recording this on Friday kind of morning afternoon before Kyle Shanahan typically meets with the media and during that meeting when he meets on Fridays he determines which player or you usually tell tells us which players out, which players are doubtful, uh which players are questionable. And we don't have that yet. So I'm not exactly sure where Maurice Hurst sits in return in regards to status and where he's going to be for the game. Um, he's limited in practice alongside running back, Elijah Mitchell, 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 who is still kind of recovering from that minor finger surgery. Um, Kyle Shanahan seemed like he, he held out hope for Mitchell to be able to play, uh, last week, uh, against the Jags. And he didn't. So hopefully, um, things are trending in the right direction for him, um, for the Vikings, because if he's playing against the Vikings, he's going to get ample opportunity to have a huge impact on the game. So hopefully he's coming around. He's still technically dealing with a rib injury, but I don't really think that's the concern. I think recovering from that finger surgery is where where he needs to be. And then you have left guard Lakin Tomlinson uh, was also limited with an ankle injury. Again, another player I I don't expect to miss uh, the game. Probably just somebody they're being careful with. Linebacker Dre Greenlaw and defensive end D Ford both have their practice windows open opened recently. Uh, I believe Dre Greenlaw's was last week. D Ford's was this week. Um, D Ford has been out since week eight, just on IR, kind of just trying to trying to maintain that back injury. Essentially, it's been relegated to like, look, like this is this back injury is there. It's not going away. It's all about pain management and just trying to keep that within the realm of. Of it being playable for D Ford. And that's where the 49ers are right now. They're just trying to manage it. He had his practice window open. Um, it's not really clear whether or not he's gonna play. It doesn't seem like he will, if I had to if I had to guess, which we're obviously not in the business of guessing, but I would probably guess that D Ford was not going to uh, was not gonna play against the Vikings. But I mean, having him out there is a big deal. A big deal. He hasn't been out there a lot this season. He's been out there just under a hundred pass rush snaps. Uh, right around 91, I believe. Um, He's had 10 pressures, a few sacks. So when he's been out there, he's had a big impact. Uh, It's just a matter of getting him to that point. And that's been the challenge for the 49ers. And that's what a lot of people expected D-Ford, including me, expected D-Ford to be gone after last season, just given the fact that they never got to use him. And it almost seemed like it wasn't necessarily just a, the 49ers need to move on from D-Ford because they were paying too much money for a player that was never on the field. But it almost seemed like D Ford's career was over, and that back injury kind of got to a point where there was no point in playing in it anymore. But they kept him around. He got healthy. He's been able to get on the field, and and we'll see how how long he uh, stays on IR and work through this practice window. I think I believe they have three weeks to decide whether or not to put him on season-ending injured injured reserve or uh, get him out onto the field, onto the active roster. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see how that goes. Obviously, a huge piece of the puzzle if they can get him out there. But we don't know. We don't know right now. Just don't know what D. Ford and the 49ers, all they do know is they have to be careful. Otherwise, they'll lose him for the season. One of, moving on here, moving on, another interesting topic that's been talked about over the past few days. I'm not really sure what spurred it. I'm not really sure what spurred it, is the Jimmy Garoppolo coming back in 2022 talk. And what's funny is this has really only been, this has really only popped up since Jimmy Garoppolo started playing decent. We He's had some games where he was really struggling. Um, he wasn't playing good to start the season. A lot of fans and even myself were already ready to see Trey Lance just based on the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't, didn't seem to be offering the 49ers any discernible advantage over a rookie quarterback. He wasn't playing well, but over the, uh, over the last few games, he's really, really turned it around. He's been over a 70% completion percentage, um, even though it was a loss, since that embarrassing loss against Arizona really wasn't a Jimmy Garoppolo problem. He was 70% in that game. He's been over 70% in the last three games, probably averaging right around 75% completion. He's had six touchdowns to one interception, about our passer rating, right around 125, 130. Uh, he's been really good. He's been really good, averaging about nine yards of completion, somewhere in there. And Those are all really, really solid numbers. And now, since Jimmy Garoppolo has started playing better, I'm not going to say great, I'm not going to say stellar. He's been playing solid. He's been exactly what the offense has needed him to be. So I'm not really exactly sure where to put him in terms of stock. I would just say Jimmy Garoppolo has been solid. He's been exactly what Kyle Shanahan has needed in order to operate the offense effectively. And one thing you got to understand in relative context is in two of those games, the 49ers has combined the 49ers have ran the ball almost 90 times. 90 times. So Jimmy Garoppolo is simply executing the offense as planned and as as Kyle Shanahan wants it to be executed. Now, so again, the reason I say that is because I don't necessarily know where I sit on my opinion in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo, other than he's been playing well and he's been good. He's been, uh, he's been what the offense needs. And I keep coming back to that because he hasn't necessarily been put in a situation where the game is on him. You know, it, it just has seemed like he's doing what's being asked of him and he hasn't turned the ball over and there you go but since Jimmy Garoppolo has kind of righted the ship, turned it around, been playing solid, all of a sudden the the topic of is Jimmy Garoppolo going to stick around in 2022 has become a has become a thing. We've gone from and, and and there's beat writers who have written about the fact that Trey Lance needs to come in and the 49ers delaying that any further is just hindering his development to now can Jimmy Garoppolo come back in 2022? And it's it's just It's all over the place. And I kind of see why we're having this discussion. Again, like I said, because Jimmy Garoppolo is starting playing better. But there's just so many things that point towards that not happening. Or or there's so many things that make it make such little sense. The only way that it would ever make sense, and this doesn't make sense for Jimmy Garoppolo, is if he somehow came back as a backup and he was making maybe we could say expensive backup money. But not anywhere near what he's making right now. It's just anyways. So, even Shanahan, when he's even asked about the possibility of Jimmy Garoppolo coming back, and it's a really tough question to ask Shanahan because what's he supposed to say? Like, they are in the middle of the season. They've started to win games. They've won three out of their last four. They've started to win games. And you're going to ask Kyle Shanahan, who's already committed to another quarterback. They've already sold the farm to draft Trey Lance. And you're going to ask Kyle Shanahan, and and I don't blame the question whatsoever. I'm not, I don't want to infer that I'm somehow blaming somebody for asking this question. But what is Kyle Shanahan supposed to say in the middle of the season when his quarterback's playing decent enough for them to win when you're going to ask him about 2022? Of course, he's going to have something to say along the lines of, well, you know, obviously Trey Lance is our quarterback of the future. We've, We've already said that. We've already shown you that. But You know, uh, Jimmy playing great, and he's still the guy. So uh, that's basically what the answer that Kyle Shanahan can give. And the idea that he could say anything else is just a little crazy. You can't throw Jimmy Garoppolo under the bus in the middle of the season when he's playing well enough to get this team into the playoffs. So it's just a weird conversation to have. Like I said, Kyle Shanahan already showed his hand. He gave up a total of three first-round picks to select Trey Lance, and some. There are other picks involved there. I don't remember exactly what they were. He gave up a total of three first-round picks to take Trey Lance. What do you think he's going to do in the future? You don't just, just you know, sell the farm for a quarterback and then be like, yeah, we're just going to go with this one. It, it just, it just is outside the realm of possibility. Kyle Shanahan has already shown his hand. He is 100% Team Trey Lance, and he's just hoping Jimmy Garoppolo can play well enough for him to be worth his salary and putting off Trey Lance for this year. That's that's pretty much it. The 49ers, I don't know if they're going to pay Debo Samuel, but they're certainly going to have to look into it with the way he's played this year. And the exact same thing can be said for Nick Bosa. The 49ers are backed up against the wall. They have to pay Nick Bosa. You cannot let a guy like that walk out the door. It's malpractice. It just doesn't happen. It, 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 you, we, I mean, yeah, it just doesn't happen. I'm not even going to entertain the possibility. So they have Nick Bosa's contract coming up. What's he going to make? $22 million a year? $24 million a year? The uh, The next most important position on the football field behind a quarterback is the guy that gets after the quarterback. So you've got Nick Bosa's contract coming up. You've got Jimmy. You've got Debo Samuel's contract coming up. If they're going to keep him, if you want to ask me before this season, I would have said Debo Samuel's out the door. But that man has put this offense on his back um, this season, so I'm not sure that's being. I'm not sure that's the the correct way to go now. I, I think that finding a way to keep Debo Samuel around is is now the play, and you got to like if if you're going to give up so much draft capital for Trey Lance who hadn't played who essentially hasn't played starting football outside of that Cardinals game in like 2 years you can't just put his development off anymore Trey Lance needs to go into next offseason as the starter be given the benefit of every offseason rep as the starter be given the benefit of every training camp rep as the starter and that's the way it got to go that's got to go because if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play well enough for Trey Lance to sit on the bench all this season, you cannot put his development off anymore. I mean, I had just assumed, and, and we're, you know, knock on wood again, it could still happen, but I had just assumed that based on Jimmy Garoppolo's history that he was either not going to play. I did think there was a reality where Jimmy Garoppolo played very well. Yeah, I don't think he's quite hit that yet. You know, even with the last few games, he hasn't necessarily been like amazing. He's just been good. Exactly what the offense needs. But I always embraced the reality that drafting Trey Lance could fire up Jimmy Garoppolo. He'd play well. But I also thought that he was either going to get hit or not play well enough to hold the job, and we'd see Trey Lance anyways. And I don't, I don't know if, if, at least the latter, him playing poor enough to usher Trey Lance in is going to happen. It just seems like that would be a really, really drastic turn of events. My point being, you can't put Trey Lance off any longer than this season. And even that just seems forever giving Trey Lance his history. But the idea of just keeping Jimmy Garoppolo around for an entire another year after you've just given up three first round picks for a rookie quarterback is a little wild. Now, could all of this be somehow fueling trade momentum? Absolutely. If if other NFL teams, and there are other teams out there that need quarterbacks, feel like Jimmy Garoppolo is still an option for the 49ers as a starter, then they're going to feel like the offer they make for Jimmy Garoppolo has to at least pull the 49ers away from, from maybe their preferred starting quarterback. And that kind of feels a little bit like I'm talking myself into that. It doesn't seem like something NFL teams are going to buy. They know what they gave up for Trey Lance. It's not, you know, it's not a surprise to anybody. So that seems a little bit out of the ordinary, but any any Jimmy Garoppolo playing well, the talk of him possibly remaining with the team in 22, it all helps to boost trade value. You've got somebody like the Saints. you got somebody like the Giants. Shout out to Eric Crocker, who was taking it on the chin. In, I mean, not taking it on the chin. It was just Giants fans that were upset that he could somehow consider Jimmy Garoppolo an upgrade over Daniel Jones, who threw a screen pass to a defender on the ground last game. So I don't know what they're talking about. So there are other teams out there that could definitely be in the market for an affordable Jimmy Garoppolo contract. Even though he's on his final year, it'll probably become with a new deal. And we got to remember too, that Jimmy Garoppolo has a no trade clause, which contrary to its title really just means that Jimmy Garoppolo gets to approve of where he gets traded to. So he can still get traded and That trade will probably include some sort of a a reworked deal. That that I would assume that would be part of it. Uh, So again, we're we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here. But the idea that Jimmy Garoppolo could somehow stick around in 2022 for anything other than like a ridiculously cheap, expensive backup quarterback type of contract, I just don't see it happening. There's too much. There's too many things on the other side of the table. And I, at this point, given what they spent on Trey Lance, I think keeping Jimmy Garoppolo around for another season would be detriment would be detrimental to his development, detrimental for the team's progress. You've got to move forward with the guy. Uh, that you know, you gotta you gotta run with a horse that you you stabled. So, who knows? It's a funny topic, but all right. When we come back, um, let's get a quick word in from our sponsors. When we come back, we are going to. Talk about this new and very interesting playoff picture the 49ers find themselves in. And we'll talk a little bit about the Vikings and what they have to offer and what the 49ers need to do to leave Levi Stadium with the dub. And then we'll get out of here. I'll let you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, But before we get to all that, we got to talk about Tickpick. We all know that 49ers football is in full swing and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anywhere else but TickPick. TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all all of the NFL tickets. All of them. If you don't believe it, and you can find a better price for the same seats on another site, TickPick is going to give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. It's a hell of a deal. The 49ers have an absolutely crucial game coming up this Sunday at Levi's Stadium against the Minnesota Vikings. Playoff hopes are on the line. So get on to tickpick.com slash gold today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need
2: indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash wire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website, are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
1: TickPick.com slash gold, baby. Get out to Levi Stadium. Be a part of that magic. This game against the Vikings is no joke, and I'm going to tell you why. All right? Over the weekend, or over the week, I guess you could say, throughout the uh, the slate of Thanksgiving games, both the Saints and the Cowboys lost. Now, both of them are in the NFC. Now, the Saints was a big loss. It, it immediately moved the 49ers into the playoffs. If the season were to end right now, which is a dumb phrase because whenever anybody says that, it's not going to end right now. But if the season were to end right now, the 49ers would be in the playoff as the seventh seed, the final seed, the seed that was added, the expanded playoffs. The 49ers would be skating in. So the 49ers, I mean, as weird as it seems to talk about right now, the 5-5 five and five 49ers who just a couple of weeks ago, the world was imploding. The 49ers were doomed. They had just lost to the Colt McCoy-led Arizona Cardinals. They're now in the playoffs the 49ers have won 2 two in a row against a good Rams team and a bad Jaguars team and now they're in the playoffs. They are the 7th seed right behind the Minnesota Vikings who they play this weekend. So the playoff this the hunt for the playoffs is is fully on for the 49ers. They are not you know, despite the fact that they're third in their division, despite the fact that they're you know, they've taken their lumps this season. They are completely in the playoffs hopes and their destiny is in their own hands. Just to run through it real quick. The number one seed is the nine and two Arizona Cardinals, who obviously are first in the NFC West. Then right behind them at the number two seed, you have the Green Bay Packers, who are eight and three and first in the NFC North. Right behind them. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 7-3, first in the NFC South. And then last but not least, you have the 7-4 uh, Dallas Cowboys, who are first in the NFC East, that just lost to the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland, but I suppose that's a mistake everybody makes all the time. The uh Dallas Cowboys just lost to the uh to the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday on Thanksgiving. Pretty good game. Came down to uh came down to a final field goal. But, you know, who knows how strong their hold is on the division. You have the the, the, the Eagles, who are right behind the 49ers in seeding. They're number eight. They're five and six. They could gain some ground on the Cowboys. And depending on how that – because obviously, the, the, if you get first place in your division, you're automatically guaranteed that seed. So all the all the Cowboys really have to do is hold on to the grip of their division. Could the Eagles challenge them for that? Absolutely. And then that would bump the Cowboys down into just the the wild card seeding. And we'll see. Right behind the Cowboys you've got the Rams. They're 7 and 3. The 49ers have beaten them. There is a reality where the 49ers catch the Rams and then they'll own the tiebreaker and uh, you know whether it's a playoff spot or a certain seed. There's a reality where that last game of the season, that, that away game against the Rams, last game of the season, could have some very serious implications. So it's it's really unfolding in a really interesting way. And then you've got the 5-5 five and five Vikings and the 49ers rounding out uh, the NFC playoff picture. And so, obviously, we know the 49ers are playing the Vikings this weekend, and that's going to have a huge impact on things. Uh, my friend Chris Biederman over at the Sacramento Bee, also of the Candlestick Chronicles podcast right here on the Blue Wire Network, Um, He had a really interesting tweet that he fired off earlier this morning, and I'm going to read it to you. How pivotal is Sunday's 49ers game against the Vikings? Per 538, 49ers currently have a 52% shot at making the playoffs, so they're just slightly over a 50-50 shot. A win over the Vikings Sunday pushes the probability to 69%. Nice. If they lose, 27%. That is a 40% swing in the chances of going to the playoffs based on the result of Sunday's game against the Vikings. Right now, they're at 52. They win, they're basically at 70%, but we're going to say 69% because nice. And if they lose, that drops all the way down to 27%. Those are massive, massive implications. And it's not like the 49ers can lose and, and if they lose, they can still make the playoffs, but the odds just become drastically the other direction, no longer in their favor. So this is a huge, huge, huge game against the Vikings. It, it, to me, it, it has the feeling of playoffs, you know, and and it's obviously we know it's not there's still a lot that can happen throughout the rest of the season. But it just feels like we're being gifted a playoff game, you know, in the middle of the season. And that's pretty much where it is. That's pretty much where it is. This Vikings game is, I mean, based on just those chances alone, a 40% swing in your chances, this Vikings game is a must-win game. That's just how I'm looking at it. And, man, that's got to get you excited. That's got to get you excited. The atmosphere for that Vikings game at Levi's Stadium should be unreal. Hopefully it is. Hopefully the the fans understand the implications of what is going to happen and what's at stake. So it should be turned up. I mean, it should be crazy. And like I said, get yourself over to uh, tickpick.com slash Get some tickets to the, the 49ers Vikings game because that is going to be unreal. So, I mean, I consider that game a must-win. I know that the 49ers can still make the playoffs if they lose to the Vikings. But just given what that tweet from Biederman and, and kind of what it says, I consider that Vikings game a must-win. Losing that game is, is just, man, the impact of that game. So let's talk about it. What do the 49ers need to do to beat the Vikings? Okay, and For me, it really comes down to two things. And it, and it really... Is, I mean, if you've been watching the 49ers for the past two weeks, nothing I'm going to say is going to come as a surprise. But it's still got to be said. Run the ball. A hey, 49ers. Run the ball. I don't care if you just gained a yard and a half on the last carry. Keep running the ball. Establish a run. Continue to run the ball. Run it. Run it. Run it. Hey, Kyle Shanahan, run the ball. Keep running it. And then... You know, when you feel like you shouldn't run it anymore, run it again. That's how I feel about this game. The Vikings are abysmal against the run. They are last in the NFL in yards per carry. They're giving up almost five yards carry. I believe it's at 4.8 or 4.9. That is a first down. That is essentially a first down every two plays. Give yourself a few inches there. That's what she said. So it's, it's a must-win game for the 49ers, and it's setting itself up right into the 49ers' wheelhouse of what they want to do on offense. Control the ball, control the clock, run the ball. Nobody's going to forget what the 49ers did to the Vikings when they played them in the playoffs during their Super Bowl run. Jimmy Garoppolo was looking a little rough, had thrown a couple – I think he'd thrown at least two picks, or maybe it was one pick and two passes that should have been picked. So the 49ers just started running the ball. There was one – I think they – believe. I believe Richard Sherman intercepted Kirk Cousins. The 49ers had the ball at like the 30-yard line. And they followed it up with like eight straight runs straight into the end zone. One of the most demoralizing things I've ever seen for a defense. 49ers are just like, boom, four yards, four yards, four yards, four yards, four yards, all the way into the end zone. And that's what the 49ers need to do against the Vikings on Sunday. The Vikings' offense is not bad. They're in the top half of the league in total yards, top half of the league in yards per catch, doing a decent job of of running the football right around the middle of the league in terms of yards per carry and total yards. So you need to keep that unit off the field. Meaning the 49ers need to run the ball, control the clock, convert on third down. Over the past two games, I'm going to give you the exact number. Let's see. I'm going to give you the exact number. Against the Rams, two weeks ago, the 49ers ran the ball 44 times. against, And, and a lot was made of that number. Kyle Shanahan said he challenged the offense to run the ball 40 plus times and then they go out and they play the jaguars who have a pretty suspect secondary but a pretty good rushing defense really good rushing defense actually and they still ran the ball 42 times it was almost like that was expected despite the fact that it was insane to run the ball that many times against the rams they ran it you know two, two, two times less against the jaguars and everybody was like oh okay Over those two games, the 49ers ran the ball 86 times. And their yards per carry average wasn't even that great. It was 3.5 against the Rams and 4.1 against the Jaguars. So you combine those and you're under four yards of carry. But that is enough for a first down every three plays. All you got to do is be right around that 3.3, 3.4 mark. And, and Kyle Shanahan has no now. He obviously the 49ers would prefer to bump that up. They prefer to sprinkle in some explosive plays. But all Kyle Shanahan wants is that like 3.4 yards per carry, 3.35, whatever it is. He wants to be able to set himself up with a third and short. He wants to be able to set himself up with a third down that he can run the ball and convert, or not ask too much from one, Jimmy Garoppolo. So to me, that's that's everything. And that's going to be everything for the rest of the season for the 49ers. I mean, maybe we'll get to see a day where uh, where Jimmy Garoppolo takes it over and just starts slicing and dicing his way down the field. But that's not what the 49ers want to do. That's not what they want to do. The Vikings' defense is horrible against the run. You've got to run the ball. Run, 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 run. And then to me, right behind running the ball is – Continue to ride the Debo Samuel train until the wheels fall off. That man is having one of the more prolific seasons for an offensive player in the NFL. And the 49ers need to continue to feature him in every way. I don't care if he's running the ball or catching the ball or somehow a split in between. I would like to see the 49ers go with kind of employed Debo Samuel, how they did against the Rams? He had five carries for thirty-six yards and a touchdown. He had five catches for ninety-seven yards and a touchdown. Uh, against the against the Jaguars, he had eight carries for seventy-nine yards and a score, which is good. It's almost ten yards a carry. But then in the receiving side of things, he only got targeted twice and caught the ball once. I would. He's still a receiver. He's still an absolute threat in the pass game. So don't just remove him from that scenario because that is a huge threat to a defense. They have to believe that Debo Samuel's still going to get the ball through the air. And I'd be willing to bet that that's just kind of an anomaly, uh, especially, you know, you look at that Debo Samuel only caught one pass, but move yourself up the chart. And Brandon, Ayuk caught all seven of his targets for 85 yards and a score. So, as long as the ball is being spread around, but I would like to see them feature Debo Sam Continue to feature Debo Samuel in the pass game. I mean, in the end, just get, just get, get your playmakers the ball. I think that was, I think that was a quote from an offensive coordinator throughout the week. I can't remember who it was, but he's like, my job is to get the ball in the hands of my playmakers, and that might be one of the best offensive coordinator quotes I've ever heard. And that it really is that simple. Yes, you got to be creative. You got to beat the defensive schemes. You've got to make sure you're taking advantage of everybody's skill set. But in the end, it's your job to get the ball into the hands of people that make plays and make you look good. And that's what the 49ers need to do run the ball, whether it's with Jeff Wilson Jr., whether it's with Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, Debo Samuel, or Trey Lance. Shoot, get him involved. Get him running the ball. I don't know. But. Just run the ball, okay? That'd be cool. Run the ball. And I think the 49ers' willingness to run the ball is also obviously what has contributed to the fact they haven't been turning the ball over. When you don't turn the ball over, you win football games. That's a crazy stat, huh? I guarantee you the correlation of winning football games and not turning the football over pretty much one-to-one. It's not that you can't win a football game while turning it over. You can but the 49ers have done a great job taking care of the football. You got to do that. I mean, that's, that's a little too obvious. I mean, of course, that's the key to the game. That's the key to every damn game. But the 49ers have done a particularly good job over that over weeks past. And they've been forcing turnovers of their own. And that kind of blends me to my next point is perhaps this game comes down to the defense. And I, if you've been listening to Striking Gold, you know I've kind of said the opposite over the past couple weeks. It's, to me, the defense has been okay. The defense has been enough. And it's kind of come down to the offense. And this week might come down to the defense. Because the, the Vikings have been no joke on offense. They've been solid. They just beat the Packers. Their last game was against the Packers, and they beat them 31-34. I believe it came down to a last-second field goal. Let's go through just their performance against the Packers because I kind of feel feel like it encapsulates what this offense is capable of doing. 22 carries for Dalvin Cook. 22 carries for Dalvin Cook. That was, you know... It was only 86 yards, but at the same time, 3.9 yards a carry. We know from the 49ers that that will sustain an offense that allows you to keep the chains moving. Dalvin Cook, 22 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown. The 49ers need to limit him. The last time, I wish I would have pulled up the stats from this game, but the last time the 49ers played the Vikings in that playoff game, they completely stifled Dalvin Cook. I think he may have averaged like a yard a carry. It was brutal. They completely shut him down and that put it all in the hands of Kirk Cousins. Now, here's the catch Do you want to put it all in the hands of Kirk Cousins this year? Because Kirk Cousins, and I know that he's kind of like the laughing stock of 49ers fans, as if he's somehow like not an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, which he is. Kirk Cousins, right now, Let's just let's let's mention the, against. Let's mention the Packers first. Against the Packers, Kirk Cousins completed twenty four of thirty five passes. It's just under seventy percent. Three hundred and forty one yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions for a very clean one twenty eight point four quarterback rating. Just the now different type of game, different type of game. But just those stats right there equal what Jimmy Garoppolo has done over the last two games. Minus one touchdown. Kirk Cousins against the Vikings threw for what Jimmy Garoppolo has over the last two games, and that's partly because he's got two studs running routes for him, and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Both of these guys are like wide receiver ones. Both of them got targeted 10 times. Both of them caught eight passes. Justin Jefferson had 169 yards, nice, with a 56-yard long play and two touchdowns. That is your man right there. And I have nothing but respect for Adam Thielen, but Justin Jefferson in his second year has inserted himself as the man for Minnesota through the air. Adam Thielen, eight catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Between those two guys, that is 250 yards and three touchdowns.
2: You ready?
0: Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy.
2: What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
1: So the, the Vikings are pretty well rounded right now. Dalvin Cook, we know what he's capable of doing. The Vikings are running the ball, but they're also throwing for 341 yards between, you know, 250 of which are between two pass catchers. Dalvin Cook still caught himself three passes for 30 yards. So the Vikings are kind of like they're five and five, but they're a sneaky five and five. They don't feel five and five. They're a good team. Kirk Cousins is playing great ball. Let's jump over to Kirk Cousins' season stats because right now that man is completing just under – he's completing 68% of his passes for 2,775 yards. And here's the kicker, 21 touchdowns and two interceptions. His lowest touchdown to interception – or his lowest interception percentage um, since he's been in the National Football League. So, Kirk Cousins is playing great, game, great ball right now. Not like prolific ball. He's only thrown, you know, I mean, I say he's only thrown 21 touchdown passes, but if you extrapolate that out over the course of the season, you're probably looking at right around 40 touchdowns this season and four interceptions. That is huge. That is big time. For comparison's sake, Jimmy Garoppolo this season, um, 67% of his passes for 2,100 yards, 12 touchdowns, and five interceptions. So I mean you're you're looking at at Kirk Cousins who's outperforming Jimmy Garoppolo different offense, different game plans, different, you know, different everything, but six, Kirk Cousins 68%, Jimmy Garoppolo 66. Kirk Cousins 20 almost 2800 passing yards, Jimmy Garoppolo 2100. 12 touchdowns to Kirk's 21. Five interceptions to Kirk's two. You know, Kirk Cousins is playing great football right now and he is who the 49ers have to be worried about. So, you know, talking about the 49ers establishing the run and controlling the clock and really has just as much to do with keeping Kirk Cousins off the field along with his bevy of, you know, a stud running back and pass catchers. It has just as much to do with that as it does that being the recipe success of success for the 49ers offense. Running the ball for the 49ers is their is their lifeblood. It's their engine. It's what makes the whole machine go, but it also keeps the Vikings offense off the field. And they're a, uh, they're a good team. The Vikings are a much, much better team than they're being credit, given credit for. And, uh, and I feel like they're going to give the 49ers anything they can handle. So when I say that perhaps the defense is the cornerstone against the Vikings, then that's what I'm thinking. I, I think that, you know it's going to come out come down to a very very concerted effort for the 49ers to control the clock and for the defense to find a way to get off the field you know is 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 the game plan as simple as stopping Dalvin Cook and forcing Kirk Cousins to make plays through the air i'm not so sure it is this year it was when the 49ers played him in 2019 in the playoffs but this year you know adam thielen's rolling Justin Jefferson's rolling. Kirk Cousins is rolling. Do you want those guys just flying it, airing it out against a 49ers cornerback room of Justin Norman and Emmanuel Mosley? I don't know. Jimmy Ward's playing good ball. Jaquisky Tart's back. Um, Talanoa Hufanga is playing pretty well. Um, And, and, you know, as much as I kind of slight the 49ers cornerbacks there, they're actually playing pretty good. They don't seem like a liability. We'll say that. So, it's just an interesting dynamic for this game. You know, to me, the, the, it's all about running the ball and controlling that clock. If they can keep that Vikings offense off the field, then they'll be pretty good. And, of course, you think of this, you're like, all right, let's stop Dalvin Cook. Let's force the the Vikings to throw so that Nick Bosa and his historically good season can, can tee off. I'm not sure if Nick Bosa is having that good of a season, but he's already hit 10 sacks. And the 49ers still have seven more games to play. Nick Bosa is having one hell of a season, probably a front runner for comeback player of the year. So maybe in terms of you know forcing the Vikings to throw, yes, they've got some serious weapons out there, but that also allows the likes of we'll see if D Ford's gonna play Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Samson Ebucom, you know, everybody that's been doing the damn thing. It allows them to tee off a little bit. You know, you just don't know what that Vikings offense is going to be capable of through the air against the 49ers. It's just, that's where they found their success is through the air. And Kirk Cousins is having a phenomenal season. So we'll see. But you know, now that I've kind of talked it through with you guys, to me, it just all comes down to the 49ers ability to run the football that in turn is going to control the clock. And you're going up against a Vikings defense that is absolutely horrible against the run. Now, the catch side of that is the Vikings are probably going to see stopping the run as their main defensive game plan. They're like, hey, let's let's have Jimmy Garoppolo throw it throw it a lot. And that's easier said than done when you already suck against the run and the 49ers are good at running the ball. We'll see if they can pull that off. But you know the Vikings know that. They know that they're bad against the run. They know that they need to be good against the run against the 49ers. And that's what it comes down to right there. It's uh it's just gonna it's gonna be a battle of wills and who's gonna impose what on who. And um, man, it's just, it's an, it's going to be an exciting game. It's a playoff game. It's, it's a, it's obviously it's not a true playoff game. It's, it's just, there's so many implications packed into this one game. And I hope you guys are excited about it. I hope you're looking forward to it. I'm hoping that I can at least watch it. We are heading home back to the central Valley on Sunday. Uh, We have to be out of here by early afternoon. So will I still be on the road? Will I leave early to get home before the game starts? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I know no matter what, I'll be coming at you guys again on Sun. back at you guys again on Sunday night to break down what happened with the game. Um, if I don't get to watch it, uh, or at least all of it, no matter what, I'll be paying attention to it, listening to it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be paying attention to it in some respect. Um, but if I don't get to see it in, in as much detail as I'm hoping to, uh, then maybe I'll have like KP on. He'll help me, he'll help me break it down or, or whatever. But um, all right. That's it. I'm going to get out of here. I'm staring at the beach. I want to go out there and throw the football around, play around, enjoy the waves. Maybe get in the water a little bit. I'm just kidding. It's probably way too cold. Hey, maybe I will. We'll see. Um, but hey, I appreciate you guys. Hopefully this episode you know, was worth it in the beach house, doing the damn thing. I wanted to make sure I hit you guys with, with some content before the 49ers step onto that Levi Stadium grass for this uh, this exciting matchup against the Vikings. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Make sure you're out there subscribing, downloading, commenting, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff because I appreciate it. Um, Without you guys, I wouldn't have any excuse to be here in this Beach House recording podcast. So thanks, everybody. Appreciate you. For an episode, I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. And we're signing up.